Okay, so for some crazy reason, I thought it'd be fun to record this sermon outside. It's a beautiful afternoon. I thought, go stand outside in the cold and preach to my backyard and to you. So that's what I'm going to do. This is actually my last sermon in this Colossian series that we've called Jesus Only Jesus. Uh, Next week, Neville's going to close the series off. Uh, But for today, we are in Colossians chapter 4, and I'm going to read uh, these verses to you. So this is Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to the end of verse 6. Here's what it says. Continue steadfastly in prayer being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Conduct yourselves wisely toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Let's pray, and I'm going to look into this together. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you that we are able to open your word once again as a church. We recognize that doing this online in this format isn't quite how we would have imagined it, but God, thank you still for the freedom that we have to open your word. Thank you that this is your writing to us, and that we can do that and post it online and do that in our country, not being afraid of somebody taking it down or uh, kind of uh, tagging it as uh, something that should not be allowed. God, we thank you for that. Thank you for the freedom that we have. And God, we do pray even right now, even in this format that's a bit strange to us. God, let your word speak to us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, a few things uh, from from these verses that I want for us to uh, to look at here today. Remember, when we started this series in Colossians, something that I had said was we could easily call this series "Dear Young Church" because that's what Paul is writing to. He's writing to uh, at that time a young church in. Colossae, and he's wanting uh, to guide them wisely. He's wanting to encourage them. He's wanting to make sure that they're protected from false teaching. And now, here in chapter four, he's getting ready to close his letter off, and he kind of hits, kind of rapid fire, just some further instructions for this young church in chapter four. And he starts with continue steadfastly in prayer. I mean, it's only a few words that he's using to to offer this instruction and this encouragement to them. But this is so key for the life and the health of that young church. And you know what? It's it's so key for the life and health of our young church as well. One of the blessings of these past few weeks where we've had to move things online has been that we've been able to do this online prayer meeting at 1030 on Sunday mornings together via Zoom. I have found those times so encouraging. I've loved hearing people across the church pray, praying for the church, praying for our city, praying for unique individual needs that we've become aware of. It's been a joy for us. And this uh, rhythm of prayer, this culture of prayer, this needs to stay part of our life as a church. And what Paul was wanting to encourage this church in Colossae all those years ago was to be doing the same, for them to continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. There's that word again, thanksgiving. What we said a few weeks ago was that giving thanks is one of the greatest ways to combat a sense of entitlement. 
And we can feel that in our age. We can feel that in our generation, that there are certain things that we are entitled to because we have certain salaries, because we have certain qualifications, because uh, we have certain notoriety. Whatever it might be, we're entitled to certain things. And uh, if we truly understand the gospel, when it comes to God, we realize, no, we're actually not entitled to anything at all in ourselves. We're not entitled to anything at all in ourselves. We actually deserve death. We deserve eternal separation from God. And yeah, that, that can sound harsh, but that's what this book, that's what God's word tells us. And it's only because of Jesus. It's only because of who he is and what he's done for us that we are accepted by a, by a holy God, that we are loved by him as sons and daughters of God. So we need to be careful when it comes to our faith. We need to be careful in other areas of life as well. But certainly when it comes to our faith, when it comes to our relationship with God, we need to be really careful of entitlement. Because entitlement can creep in. We can start thinking that God owes us certain things. And then when we don't have those things, what's the first thing to go? Well, it's thankfulness. <laughs> we, we, we become ungrateful. We feel like God has robbed us, like he hasn't kept up his end of the bargain. One way that we can combat this sense of entitlement is by being thankful. Paul's encouraging this church towards a life and a culture of prayer and that that prayer would be marked by thankfulness. I love in our prayer meetings that we have as a church, and we've done this over many years now, so often our times of prayer together as a church family start with prayers of thankfulness. Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for going to that cross in my place so that I could be adopted by God. These are things that we regularly hear when we start our prayer meetings in our church, prayers of thankfulness. And they're just so wonderful to, to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to focus us on Christ, to focus us on the grace of God shown through him. So let's, let's heed this encouragement that Paul's giving to this church in Colossae as he's closing, uh, beginning to close this letter off. Let's, let's let pr uh, thankfulness be part of our prayer life as a church. When you pray together with your life group, let thankfulness regularly mark those times of prayer. Before you come with certain requests, before you come with different petitions, and it's good to do that. Keep doing that. But first, just stop and, and pray prayers of thankfulness to God for who he is, for who his son Jesus is, for who the Holy Spirit is, and all that God has done for us uh, in himself as Father, Son, and Spirit. Paul then goes on to say in verse 3, at the same time, pray for us also that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. I mean, this is amazing. Paul, as he's writing this letter, this is called one of the prison epistles. Colossians is one of the prison epistles, one of the letters that Paul wrote while he was imprisoned. And even while he's there, imprisoned, likely bound in chains, what's he thinking about? He's thinking about the advancing of the word of God, the going forward of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what is at the front of his mind, even while he's there in chains. And he's asking the church to pray for him and those that are serving with him, that a door would be opened for the word, even while they're there in prison. And what is it that he wants prayer for particularly? That Paul would be able to make the mystery of the gospel clearly known. 
I love this. There's something about the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the mystery of the gospel being that Jesus has made a way for all people, Jews and Gentiles, people from all nations, all races, all socioeconomic backgrounds, all can come to God because of the work of Jesus Christ. That's the mystery of the gospel revealed. Paul's asking for prayer that he would just declare that clearly, that it wouldn't get complicated, that it wouldn't get muddied up in a whole bunch of different fringe issues. Man, that, that's just so relevant for us today. That's so relevant for us during COVID. You know, you read in the news, and, and I'm saying I'm not saying we're not susceptible to this ourselves, but so many churches, so many so many believers just around the world taking on issues right now that just aren't gospel issues. Oh, the government's robbing me of this freedom, of this liberty that I it's just not gospel issues. And it means that the gospel in those situations, it's very hard for the gospel and the mystery of the gospel to be clearly understood because there are so many competing voices. There are so many things muddying the water, so many fringe issues. Look, I'm not saying that these things don't matter, but they're not the gospel. They're not the gospel. Paul's asking for prayer that he would be able to declare the mystery of Christ and that he may make it clear and he says which is how I ought to speak it's how we ought to speak as well with clarity about the gospel of Jesus Christ he says in verse 5 conduct yourselves wisely towards outsiders making the best use of time let your speech always be gracious and seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Paul is assuming here that the church in Colossae is engaged with the wider culture. He's not saying to them, go out and and get into the wider culture, stop being just a a little bubble. It sounds like for that church, that that wasn't an issue. It sounds like they were out in the wider culture. I'm so proud of Grace City Church and the men and women in our church who are engaged in, in our culture in Ottawa in so many different ways. In fact, uh, many actually, in, in, uh, by God's grace, in positions of influence within our culture. What a gift. What a gift from God. Church, I want to encourage us to be engaging with our culture and not just to be huddled up. Perhaps one of the advantages of being a church right here in downtown Ottawa where so many of you uh, live and work within walking distance of where the church would normally meet on Sundays, is that it's really hard to hide away from our culture here. Now, there are certain risks that come with that. We need to be careful. We need to be careful that we're not consumed by the culture. We need to be careful that we don't uh, start uh, worshiping things in our culture instead of worshiping the one true God. But we need to be engaged with our culture. We need to be uh, involved in different things in our city that aren't necessarily the church. Yes, be involved with the church, this church, I hope, as well, but also in other things in our city so that there is an audience for you, so there is an audience for us for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then when we are in those forums, when we are in those contexts, we would carry ourselves wisely. That means not necessarily kind of barging in the door. I want to tell you all about Jesus. And people look at you going, sorry, who are you? I don't know about you. There's not a grace on me to do that. I think there are a handful of people that there is a grace on, that God just, God just blesses that. But that's not the norm 
for most of us, it's going in, it's building relationships. It's getting into people's lives and allowing others into our lives. And my experience has been, my experience has been with my neighbors, even right here on this street, that as you do that, as you allow people into your life, and as you are, over time, invited into the lives of others around you, life will just present itself with opportunities to share the good news of Jesus Christ. That's been my experience through COVID. Even even today, I was chatting with uh, some parents uh, and uh, they were saying, hey, how are you doing? I said, well, in many ways, probably similar to you. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling quite worn down. This has been a really hard stretch. I'm glad the kids are back in school because their teachers are just so, they're so good at, at teaching them. Of, of, of stimulating them through the day. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not that great at that in, in a home education environment, virtual school at home. I, I wasn't great at that. I found that a real struggle. My kids found that a real struggle. This has been a challenging time. I've found that just answering that question honestly, you know, the, hey, how are you doing? Answering that honestly, often what that's met with is the other person saying, you know what, yeah, me too. Let, let me tell you how this has been hard for me. And suddenly you're over kind of the fringe conversations about the weather <laughs> or about the big snowstorm the other day, which was a big snowstorm. And you're talking about really meaningful things of life. I mean, what a privilege that is for us to be able to do that with people around us. Sometimes carrying yourself wisely is as simple as not forcing things, just being patient, waiting, waiting for the Holy Spirit to nudge you, now again, let's be careful with this. We can wait too long at times. There can be—I know this in my own life. There can be times when I can shy away from um, seizing an opportunity that God presents me with to share the good news of Jesus. There are times when I, when I, your pastor, can be fearful in those moments. God's gracious; He's not condemning of us in those moments. Those opportunities will present themselves again. Let's be wise in these times. Let's be listening to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Let's be wise as we are uh, carrying ourselves and, and building relationships uh, with those who are outside of the church. Let our speech, Paul says, let your speech always be gracious and seasoned with salt. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says to his followers, you are the salt of the earth. The church of Jesus Christ is meant to be salt in this world. What, what does salt do? Well, it's like minus 15 out here right now, right? What do we have on our roads? What do we have on the sidewalks? Salt. We have salt that, that, that gets put down, that eats its way into ice to melt it. it. It changes it from the inside. Now, Jesus also says in Matthew chapter 5 that that salt can lose its saltiness, and then it's just there to be trampled on by the people that walk over it. That's not what we are to be. We're, we're not to lose our saltiness. We're to be like salt that is able to get down and, and, and inside and make change from the inside, including with our speech. Isn't that amazing? It's not just about going out with our actions. We are to do that as well, but to do that with our speech. When we speak the truth about God, when we speak the truth about His Son, Jesus Christ, when we do that graciously, we are having, in the best of ways, salty speech. Because God promises that his word will never return empty to him. When we do that, we might not think that the Holy Spirit's doing anything. We might not think that the words that we are uh, 
speaking are having any impact, but they are. They're going down. They're going down deep. We need to carry ourselves in those moments with such grace, letting our speech be seasoned with salt so that we may know how we ought to answer each person. Dear Young Church, right? That's what we could have called this series. Dear Young Church. This, this book, this letter that Paul has written, this book in the Bible, is about Jesus. That's what Paul is wanting to draw his readers to. It's Jesus. It's only Jesus. As a young church ourselves, we need to be ever mindful of that. And these encouragements that Paul has given as he starts to wrap this letter up, uh, Neville's going to preach the final sermon in this series next Sunday. But these encouragements to continue in prayer, to pray that God would open doors for us for the gospel. Maybe, Maybe you feel like the prison that you're in right now is related to COVID. Maybe it's related to the restrictions uh, that, that Stephen, this afternoon, I'm recording this on a Thursday, uh, we've had good news about restrictions. Some restrictions are starting to be lifted. It's wonderful. But still, in comparison to more normal times, uh, maybe you feel like COVID still is a prison for you. Well, you know what? You can pray. God, even, even as I feel restricted right now, whatever your restrictions are, God, help me to boldly declare the word of God. Open doors for me. Open doors for me to declare the word of God. And Paul's other encouragements as well, that we would conduct ourselves wisely towards outsiders and that our speech would always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Not many verses there that we've been going through, four verses, but there is so much there. There's so much there that we can be asking God for. Dear Church, it's such a privilege to walk with you in this. I'm thrilled that come February 6th, we are going to be able to meet in the Mayfair again. Praise God. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. I'm so glad that we're going to be able to meet again on February 6th in the Mayfair. Over these next couple weeks, let's take advantage of this time that we have to come together at 1030 on Zoom to pray together as a church And then please do be watching the online services. We believe that the gospel is still going forward in those services. And uh, let's continue forward in all of these things together, trusting that God is going to continue to go ahead of us in all of these things that we're asking him for. Church, we love you. We're grateful for you. And I'm looking forward to being with you again soon.